it's Christopher. Even though it's not corporate Greg, it's Lindsay. And you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Lindsay Baseball. And uh, Bobcat, what's up, fool? Whatever you want to call it, because I know they're changing the name of it. First question for you guys what's is that. Fool? Yeah, there guys, you go, Micah. There it is. There it is. Elon Musk earlier this month pledged to step down as the head of Twitter as he soon as soon as he finds someone foolish enough to take the job. He hasn't shared any details on the search for a successor, but a lot of potential candidates have come forward, including Snoop Dogg and YouTube star Mr. Beast. Which celebrity do you guys think would be the best CEO of Twitter? Clinton. You go first. Huh. Um, hmm. Probably Tom from MySpace. He's not really a celebrity, but he was <laughs> smart enough to get out, and he knows how to run a social media organization. Like, for real, for real. People say MySpace died, this, that, and the third. Dude sold it and people moved on. If I was really looking for somebody to lead that thing that wasn't like some goofball just trying to be in a figurehead position, I would look to somebody who actually knows how to run something that actually worked once. And we all love MySpace. So he's not exactly famous, but everybody knows what he looks like. So does that count, AK? Well, you know, to me, Clinton, you kind of answered your own question. It's If you really want this to work, it needs to be a non-celebrity, somebody right. who doesn't want to be famous because, as we've seen with Elon the attention is a drug. Yeah. Like, I mean, part of the reason that Twitter is so off the rails right now and going sideways is that he, despite being the richest man on the planet or second richest, whatever he is right now, he cannot step away from the attention. Like, he is yeah. running this thing because he just wants the clout. And it keeps him... I mean, I don't really know if he's qualified to do this anyway, but... right. He certainly can't stay focused enough. Like, whoever is the celebrity that likes to be in the spotlight the least, like Daniel Day-Lewis. Have Daniel Day-Lewis <laughs> run Twitter because that guy doesn't want to be seen. Right. Somebody who's, like, low-key. The thing is, Twitter, not dissimilar to the Lakers, not running like a modern operation these no. days, kind of going on fumes and reputation. That's not how you win anything, and it's certainly not how you make money in social media. What's that, how, how about Mark Cuban real quick? No, no, that guy, the the attention drug, forget it. I like him. I love no, him. Yeah, Cubes. I mean, Cubes is good at doing things that involve actual wins and losses because there's some level of accountability in that. Twitter is kind of going nowhere right now, and there's no real way to know if you're, I mean, winning outside of making money, but, like, I don't know. It's in a weird space, man. I, I don't okay. know how that thing's going to go. No, he's front-facing enough as it is. The Rock. The Rock. <laughs> oh. eh, he's going to run for president, know. though. He's yeah. going to have time to be on Twitter? Yeah, probably not. All right, well, speaking of winning and money, the lottery is going to close out 2022 with a bang as the Mega Millions jackpot climbs to $640 million for tonight's drawing. So no one hit all six of the numbers on Tuesday, which was worth $565 million. So now this is a historic jackpot, the largest ever for Mega Millions in the final week of the year. Are you guys going to be buying a Mega Millions ticket? I won't. Okay. I, I won't. Um, I never play the lotto. Um, I like gambling when I have control over it. Like, I, I play poker. I love to play poker. I, I think I'm a pretty good player. But I like having control over even something like sports gambling where at least I can apply some degree of knowledge. Something like the lotto bores me. <laughs> it, like, it honestly does. Like, the reason I've never bought a lottery ticket is the it's not exciting to me. And it's one thing to gamble thinking, well, I may not win, but at least I'm going to have fun in the process. Buying a lotto ticket, there's nothing fun about it. So, no, I've, no, I've never done it. 
I, I sort of feel like I don't really play unless it gets above 500 million, which is kind of ridiculous. But I also feel like we've been hitting some really big jackpots recently. Have we been over 500 million like three times in the past two years or so? I feel the like these numbers yeah, the, are the power, very big. Yeah, the Powerball was like a billion. And so now with the Mega Millions, this is the highest it's ever been at 640, I said, right? 640. So yeah, they've been pretty big. That's pretty high. I'll tell you what I'd do if I'd want it. Disappear. Never talk to anybody Same. again. Would you know on Twitter? Like, these people who like would be on Twitter. Are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> I would be so gone from this planet. Maybe not planet, but you know, from this particular sphere. If I won six, I guess with tax, that's probably around what? 325 million? Thereabouts? Yeah, I think I could I think I could survive on that, AK. What do you think? Yeah. Yeah. Um my instinct would be just like you. Be lost. See, I rather I rather play scratchers. You know, my dad won a thousand dollars last month. Did he? Just on the scratcher. He's like a five dollar one, thousand dollar you know cash nice. price. He got a check last week, and I rather play that. Yeah, I, the the numbers for whatever reason just it's <laughs> yeah. never interested me. What's up, fool? Okay, so the soccer world is mourning the loss of a legend. Pelé passed away yesterday at the age of eighty-two. Andy and I were having a conversation about this earlier. Now, who is? A legend, per se, in their own, I guess, say, I guess, genre, their own sport, music, whatever, that you've run into. I told Andy earlier today that I ran into, is it Paul McCartney Mm -hmm. from the Beatles at some point in 2014, 2015? And that's the closest I got to somebody of that caliber, you know? How about you guys? Anybody, a legend that you guys have ran into? Huh. I'm trying to think. I actually met Pele. I did, did too you? when I was a little kid. Yeah, or not I was a little, but a kid. I was probably like twelve. I was at my cousin's soccer tournament in Minneapolis, and I remember that because we went to the Mall of America. And yeah, I met Pele because he was there, like as you know, and he he went around the track in a car, and everyone was like, "Oh my god!" like fainting wow. over Pele. And then my cousin's team won the tournament, and we got to meet him. Yeah, nice. when I when I was probably about the same age, Lindsay, around twelve or so, there was a parent at my school who was friends with Pele. And he brought him to school one day, and he, he was there for an assembly. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, we got to kick the That's ball tough. around with him a little bit. Like, and, and I still remember this. Like, this was amazing. Like, you know, it's Pele. <laughs> like, yeah. that's, in, that's incredible. As far as, like, like I was telling Jorge, you know, be, being in this job for a long time on top of being in L.A. a long time, you get used to seeing famous people. Right. So in a lot of ways, it doesn't really take me aback even if I can think it's kind of cool. The only two times, though, as far as athletes, where I've ever been like, holy bleep, I'm in this guy's presence. One time was on the uh, ESPY's red carpet. I was basically standing next to Muhammad Ali. And that wow. was like, Jesus, that's that's Muhammad Ali. Like, I, I had actually requested him, and I got told no. And in retrospect, it was for the best, because I'm not sure I would have been able to get words out. Like, it was, it was really overwhelming. And then another time... <laughs> I want to say it was an ESPY's party. I was maybe 15 feet from Hank Aaron, and that was really like a, that's yeah. freaking Hank Aaron. Yeah. Like, so those are the two that really popped to mind is like, wow, that is a true legend. That what, do you, that, sorry? what do you, no, I was going to say, what do you guys think about Jim Brown? He's a legend in, in his sport, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, for yeah. sure. I remember sure. when I was at, a, I was at the NFL and doing the Super Bowl when I worked at NFL Network, and we were at like the, the NFL Network hotel bar and like Jim Brown just walks in and nobody had any clue. And I was like, you guys, you guys, said Jim Brown, it's Jim Brown. And I went over to him and I was like, Jim, I'm from Cleveland. I'm a big fan of yours. And I took a picture with him, but my eyes were closed in the picture and I'm still mad about that to this day. 
let me ask you guys. Does uh, 44, the president, count? Semi-athlete? Yeah. Sort of? Yeah. Yeah, I think once you House become the president, he, that's pretty famous. Yeah, I've been in is. the White House when he was in the building, him and Michelle. That was pretty cool. He, I is. mean, and, and at the time, too, it was also one of those things where you just kind of knew that this was something, obviously, that we'd never seen before in terms of who he was. But there was something very different being in D.C. for that long about his particular tenure that had nothing to do with the politics. It was just a different vibe around everything. And, like, now that it's changed, you sort of think, man, this was a totally different situation with this one guy here compared to everybody before and everybody afterwards. So I always remember that going there. I saw, saw like, a couple bands play. It was pretty cool being there when he was there. And also for me, Kobe, like my first season doing Lakers, you know, Team Kobe and getting an interview for the station with Kobe, that was something else. What's up, foo? All right, last one here. So, guys, I'm going to be heading to Disneyland this weekend to ring in the new year. I am personally am a big fan of the classic Disneyland rides like Mr. Toad and the Haunted Mansion. Those are probably my favorite. So what are your favorite rides at Disneyland or California Adventure? Clinton, you go first. Um, I don't know. I don't really go on rides. This is tough for me. Like when I go to Disneyland, I go to restaurants and I kind of booze and walk around and look at people. I'm yeah. to for rides That's right at right this now. point. That's not really like how I roll. Like in Florida, I go to Disney Springs. I hang out down there and I kick it. The biggest ride I went on was one of those like car boat things. Yeah, I can't remember what they're called that go out into the to the springs, but I don't do a whole lot of rides riding. Not even just at Disneyland. Like if I go to a theme park, bruh, roller coasters, I'm out. Sorry, I'm grown. I'm scared. I don't do those. Wow. Uh, Yeah. My daughter's terrified of roller coasters at this age. Maybe not Disney ones, but I think of those in the same general context. My daughter's super into roller coasters, so I'm going to be needing to take her to some theme parks and that. It'll be fine. I used to love them when I was a kid. I have not been on a roller coaster as an adult other than one time I went. It was in my probably late 20s to Disneyland with some friends. Uh, One of them wanted to for his birthday. We were all hammered the whole time and nice. being on a roller coaster hammered not fun not fun at all all you are thinking about is don't lose it here don't lose it here because it's going to be <laughs> a spray oh it was it was bad especially too like we we like snuck alcohol in so you know that booze is getting warm over the course of a summer day at disneyland and you're still taking it down like it, it and then you get on some roller coaster it was unpleasant i'm not gonna lie no, my favorite is that uh, Guardians of the Galaxy one. That one just drops you a few times. The 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 Incredicoasters also is pretty cool. Time out, time out. Can we talk about the Guardians of the Galaxy one? Because I was just saying that like I am bummed that they changed it from Tower of Terror because it was way better when it was Tower of Terror. Yeah, I guess, but you know. Anyway, go ahead. Yeah, Sorry, no, but those, those are my two favorite ones. And, and I'm with like with with Clinton. I right, right now with you know my daughter being such a young age, we just go for the food and the booze, and then right, just right. walk around for the parade you know? and wait for that. You know. I mean, Lindsay, you know the deal. There's all sorts of amusement parks in Ohio, and these things bust all the time. People up on roller coasters for three hours, and I'm like, oh, are you kidding me? That would totally ruin my whole <laughs> summer if I got stuck on some goofball you know ride that got broken because it was built in 1994. That would terrify me. Well, p- picture yeah, of, picture uh, of it stopped and it's one of those loop de loops. Oh, oh yeah, man, no upside thanks. down too. Oh, hell no. I used to love roller coasters like at Cedar Point, but but like you were saying, Andy, like the older I've gotten, like I don't I don't know whatever reason it is, I was so scared to go on the rock and roller coaster down in Florida. I was like terrified to go on it, and I never used to be like that. I used to love them, but I guess it's like with old age, you know, you just get you know become a wimp. I guess we just got a tweet um, sent to all of us from Dan Malio. I apologize if I'm mispronouncing your name. 
DUI Disney under the influence. <laughs> That's fun. That's a great move right there. That'd be a cool T-shirt to wear. Maybe not a cool T-shirt to wear. It'd be a fun one to have. A family T-shirt. Everybody wears that one. Yeah, yeah, when they all wear the matching T-shirts. What's up, fool? <laughs> All right, that's it for What's Up, Fool. There it goes. Okay. What's Up, All right. Fool. There it All goes. right. Last of the year. Last of 2022. Um, and coming up, I guess it would be the first officially What's Up, Fool, right? It's going to officially be rebranded as What's yeah. Up, Fool. Amanda says uh, she wants to do that. So, yeah, let's do it. Is she excited, your daughter, about that? Does she know? Which, I mean, she doesn't realize any of that yet. She's just. She just knows I recorded her voice and she hears it often and she's like, okay, cool, whatever. Let's keep playing. All right. Well, I mean, it's one day she's going to be old enough oh, to yeah. recognize that daddy's using her in these radio <laughs> bits. All right. Coming up, um, got some more uh, tidbits and trivia putting in perspective LeBron, age 38, still doing it 20 seasons in. And also, too, can the Lakers actually do a rebuild? Would they have the stomach for a real rebuild? And what does Tom Brady have to do with all this? That is all coming up. Mason Ireland, Andy Kamenetsky, Clinton Yates, Clinton Yates in for the guys, 710 ESPN. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Happy 38th birthday to LeBron James. Born October, I mean, excuse me, December 30th, 1984. He made his debut, though, October 30th, 2003. This being his 20th season. Put up 25-6-9 in a loss to Sacramento. And again... Clint Yates, Andy Kamenetsky in for the guys. Clinton, putting this in perspective, how long LeBron has been doing it, that debut, again, October 30th, 2003, number one movie of the week, Scary Movie 3. <laughs> wow, <laughs> man. Okay. It was, Which one was that? Like, do I really have my Scary Movies chronolo- chronologically <laughs> memorized? I don't think so. Scary Movie 3. It was dethroned the next week by The Matrix Revolutions, which came out okay. the same year as The Matrix Reloaded, the number one movie of the year in 2003, Lord of the Rings, Return of the King. Oh, Fitting no enough. Yeah. Number one song of the week when LeBron made his debut, October 30th, 2003, Baby Boy by Beyonce featuring Ooh, Sean that Paul. Song. That's off the album Dangerously in Love, the same album with Crazy in Love. Like that's, house party classic, Baby Boy is. Even the video is at a house party. I love that song. That is one of the sort of an underrated kind of boo jam because it goes kind of hard. It's not like mm-hmm. a slow song. This joint is tight. You ever dance with your girl to this song? <laughs> Spot? Getting it done. Love this joint. Okay. 
It was eventually dislodged at the number one spot by Stand Up, Ludacris featuring Shauna. And that was eventually dislodged by Hey Ya. Like, these were the songs entering our ethos as LeBron entered the NBA, the number one song of 2003, in the club. This is a great song, too. It is a great song. This is... I used to say as a bit of a bit that this is the greatest song ever made because like everybody knows all the words. Well, okay. It's not problematic and it just goes. You know? I, I used to describe Hey Ya as the song everybody can agree on. Like even like my, my dad liked this song. He right. heard it and thought it was totally catchy. He liked Cool it. video too. Oh yeah, it's a great video. It's a great album. A double album by Outkast. Um, 2003 in TV. A few weeks before LeBron debuted, a show called The Simple Life with Paris Hilton and Nicole Richie Hit the airwaves uh, a little before that. Arrested Development debuted. Okay. And the NFL Network launched like a couple months before LeBron wow. made his debut. LeBron Jones. When LeBron entered the league, the defending champs, San Antonio Spurs, just the second of Tim Duncan's titles, they defeated Byron Scott's New Jersey Nets. Tim Duncan was also your reigning MVP. The Marlins beat the Yankees in the World Series that year. The MVP, former Dodger legend Josh Beckett. Wow. Um, Jamal Lewis set the NFL single-game record for rushing yards, 295. Uh, sorry, Lindsay, they beat the Browns in the process. That's okay. Everyone beats the Browns. <laughs> <laughs> and then while technically part of the 2002 season, in February of 2003, our friend Keyshawn Johnson won a Super Bowl with the Bucks, and then eight months later, LeBron debuted. So again, that. the man's been doing this for a while. If you'd asked me, I would have thought Keyshawn and LeBron overlapped a little bit, but I guess not. That, that makes a little bit of sense. Not a whole lot. There, there was not a it. ton of overlap between those guys. But again, LeBron has been doing this forever. And we were talking before, Clinton, like yeah. the, the question of what do the Lakers do right now? Because LeBron has put it out there. I want you all to do something. I don't want to be just spinning my wheels. And as you mentioned, you can make a very compelling argument that the best thing for the Lakers to do right now is just start over. Absolutely. And I think that LeBron is doing a little bit more than saying, I need some new pieces. I think LeBron is doing sort of a hard reset with expectations for everybody around the building. He's talking about how guys just aren't good enough. He's been making some very cryptic statements in general. Like, what moves are you going to make? You're going to get a couple people, and then LeBron's going to be happy, and all of a sudden they're going to start winning. Like, I think he knows even now that that's not realistic, and I think that has as much to do with his personal health as anything. Like, you see guys falling around left and right. LeBron's out here busting his butt knowing that this is not really sustainable for an entire season. I I think it's just one of those points where you kind of – I don't want to say the end of the road, but, like, at some point you either got to get gas – or you got to pull over, and at this stage, the car's not working very well. And honestly, it's kind of tough to watch LeBron talk about this like that because I know how much he cares about basketball in general. I think he's viewing this from a larger standpoint than the Lakers, and he's viewing this as like, is this really how I want this to end, but can I really do anything about it? You can see the look on his face when he's talking, AK. It's a, it's a level of resignation that's a little, little different than I think we've seen in a while. Well, I mean, I think he recognizes that the Lakers are – you know whether he thinks he they, you know they should just take on the less need f them picks or not he knows they don't have many he knows that they don't whether he thinks they've made good moves or the best moves they possibly could or not he knows they're limited and also too 
he knows that his fate is tied to Anthony Davis. And AD, AD right now is supposed to be the guy. You mentioned the car broken. He's supposed to be the engine of the proverbial car and LeBron the guy that's really steering it at a high level. Like yeah. he's he takes you where it's supposed to go. But AD is the car. That car is always in the shop. And and LeBron knows this as well. And frankly, the Lakers know this as well, which leads them to a place where I don't think they quite know what to do. But the idea of starting over, rebuilding, that is not something this franchise does. Well, I don't think they have much of a choice at this point, AK. I mean, what are we talking about here? You know, it's not like you can just decide you're going to be relevant just because you want to be if you're not winning games. If you're in 10, 11, 12, two, three seasons in a row, people are going to stop paying attention to you. That's just the reality of the NBA. And so, sure, the Lakers might not consider themselves in a position that they need to rebuild, but the rest of the NBA is looking at them like, uh, what are you doing? Well, you know, this is just realism at this point. Yeah, I mean, it's, I want to make it clear. When I say it's not something the franchise does, I'm not saying this like with some stick out your chest, we're the Lakers, we don't rebuild, we reload, we only play for championships. I'm not endorsing this. I'm right. saying this is the way they feel. I agree with you. Like, they, they have put that we only play for championships thing is a very galvanizing and, I think, source of pride for the organization, for the fan base, but it can be trapping. Like, it can become something that actually traps you in terms of the way you go about team building. You know, like, if if your goal is to always be as close to elite as possible, even if, in reality, you're not elite or even close, then you're just cosplaying at that point. And I think this organization often does a lot of cosplaying with it because the reality is they don't know what to do with themselves if they're not anchored by superstars. Totally agree. And here's my thing about this is that Lakers fans, the reason you've got to let go of the we're contending every year thing is because you're hurting yourselves. Like I feel that Lakers fans deserve so much more because of their loyalty than kind of what the franchise is throwing at everybody with that continued moniker of, nope, we're competing every year. You do a full rebuild, people will still come to the games, AK. It's not like people are going to stop rooting for the team. This is about as diehard a fan base as there is in the country. I think people will actually accept it if they're honest. Yes, Say, hey, that's we're the getting word. somebody who's like a young hotshot out of a front office that you've never heard of. We're letting them run the team. We'll do one splash thing. Maybe a head coach hire in a couple years. I don't know. Let's just say they hire Becky Hammond to get people to pay attention and give her a real shot and just say, hey, it's going to take five years. Deal with it. That's who we are, and that's who we're going to come back to be. It's going to take a hard correct. It's not going to be smooth sailing. Just say, oh, got a guy here, got a guy there. No, no way in, no way in the world is that happening right now in 2023 coming up in the NBA. Well, not I mean, me. it's, it's telling that the names they're always connected to are still the stars of the world. It's still right. Bradley Beal. It's still Kyrie Irving. It's still you know DeRozan or Zach Levine, even though in reality, like, None of those guys really make sense. No. Like, if you take like Bradley Beal, you're you're connected to Beal longer than you are right now to LeBron or AD. Do you want to add that contract with that injury history? And I mean, he's Beal's a good player. I'm not trying to say he isn't. Right. He's, he's a very good player, but he's never been able to lead a team anywhere. And then in the meantime, he's always hurt. And like, shouldn't your experience with injuries tell you now, like? That's not 
it's not the direction to go, but I just I question whether or not this organization would commit to either a rebuild or even just the infrastructure that's required to really build a team. Like the easy part is identifying go get LeBron, go get AD. Like I can tell you that. Sure. You don't have to, you don't have to be smart to figure that part. Yeah, go get Giannis. Well, yeah. <laughs> sure. Of course. It's it's you know, the Clippers the infrastructure that they've built around Kawhi and Paul George, that's the reason why they've been able to deal with these injury issues and, and perform fairly well under bad circumstances. I mean, here's the deal, though, AK, as well. It's hard to run an NBA franchise. Yes, it is. Like, this isn't easy. Nope. I don't know why people act like this is supposed to be some simple process and would you just pluck a couple guys, you roll out the balls, you throw in the jerseys, and next thing you know, you're winning games. You know what I mean? Like, it, it, it's difficult. And this is what I mean by the modernity of the league. So many things have changed. There are so many better players, but the distance between the top player and the bottom player is a little different than it was 20, 30 years ago. It's not easy. You got to do a lot of work. And if you're turning over rosters, you're kind of acting as if you know better than everybody else. It just, it just, it doesn't make sense right now. And I hate to be blaming Palinka or blaming one particular person, but I look at that team and I'm just like, how is this going to continue to be this way? And you're still talking about this as if it's some sort of elite franchise. It's just not, you know, and you're going to need somebody who really doesn't actually believe in that to come run the franchise and actually build a basketball team. And not just try to create a show. Okay, speaking of uh, organizations that may be a little caught up in their own past and like to create a show, the Raiders linked Tom Brady? that a good idea? We'll talk about that coming up next. Andy Kamenetsky, Clinton Yates, in for the guys, 710 ESPN. Well, Neil Young. There you go. Yeah. I have no idea who that is. Oh, it's Neil Young. <laughs> Rocking in the free world. Yeah. Great job. Oh, okay. I know, I've heard this song. All right. I not the, the song, by the way about America that a lot of the people who like to play it actually think it is. They should listen to the lyrics a little more closely. Andy Kamenetsky, Clinton Yates, in for the guys, Mason Island, 710 ESPN. Doing anything uh, big on New Year's? See why? Bro, I'm down with the sickness. I ain't doing jack. I'm sitting on my porch. I'm sitting in the crib. I'm ordering food. I'm trying to heal up. Tired of being sick. Tired of being tired. Sick and tired of being sick and tired, AK. <laughs> if, you you know saying? if you weren't sick, what would you be doing for New Year's? I don't know. Probably some goofy beach party. Some party. Not, not, <laughs> nothing. Nothing major. Like I'm too old to be out in the streets, barfing up a storm in some bar on New Year's Eve. Like we talked about this a little bit on uh, Travis and Sliwa earlier in the week, and like I just don't have the, the cholesterol. I don't have the stamina, bro. It's you such I mean? amateur like, hour. I, I watched the 9 p.m. Which is 9 p.m. Pacific, the New York drink go down. And I'm like, okay. Oh, you're like I'm Mason. Good. I'm, I'm good. watching for You know what I mean? Like, if I don't stay up till midnight, so be it. I saw the ball drop in Times Square. It is what it is. So I'll be at home. You know, it's fun. Uh, medicine is what I'll say. It's funny you say that about the ball dropping. The first time my daughter saw that, she was like, I don't know, maybe seven or eight. She thought they were actually going to drop that ball from the top of. Is it the Empire State Building? <laughs> yeah. She thought they were going to drop the ball from the top of the stadium, <laughs> like of the in building. The air? Yes, in the air, and have it just land on the ground, bounce, roll wherever. When she saw the ball, quote unquote, drop, she was like, that's the dumbest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> She's like, that's really boring. Like, Did you explain to her what people do all day to see that yes. really boring thing? Yes. She thought those people were all stupid. She was like, seven. She's like, these people, like, why? Why do you care about seeing that? She thought it was the most underwhelming event, if you want to call it that, ever. She's exactly right. 
There's so no way middle, I would stand out there. It's if you're like in the middle, hours. If you're in the bathroom. If you're in the middle of that crowd, how do you go oh, to the bathroom? No thanks. Oof. How do you Can't get do back to that spot? Like I would have a major on. panic attack within 30 minutes. <laughs> oh, it's, it's so done. too many people. And you mentioned the bathroom. There, there are people in there wearing depends. Uh, you know that there are. Gotta be. You don't want to lose no your way spot. That. Eight hours in the cold in New exactly. York City. <laughs> Oh. You're trying to tell me that that's not one of the grossest places in America at that particular time in Times Square? Oh. You ever been to Times Square? Oh, I remember uh, a, a friend of mine went to this small college in Pennsylvania called Allegheny, and mm-hmm. he he told me about how they used to one of the college bar there used to run some promotion where it was like ten cent beer or something like that until the first person peed. Oh yeah, and then once they peed, <laughs> it goes back to normal prices. So you would have. <laughs> People just partying in their sopping depends and their sopping adult <laughs> underwear. Like that's just disgusting. The bladder busters is no joke. I've been I've been to a couple of those and like, dude, every single time it's like there's that one dude where you're like, it's gonna be him. <laughs> he's the one that's going to ruin it for everybody and sure enough it's always that guy and like those things are high pressure social situations but I'd probably go to one now knowing I could get out of there as soon as possible because those things tend to get very gross very quickly yes they do Lindsay you got plans um nope I'm just going I'm going to go to Disneyland New Year's Day but I never I don't I'll never do anything on New Year's Eve because I remember being like a kid and my dad would always like we'd always like do like a steak cookout you know on the grill in the snow on New Year's Eve, and I remember my dad always calling it amateur night, so I feel like it was ingrained in my head at a young age that, like, I don't have time for this. It's absolutely amateur hour out there. Like, please be safe if you're listening. Please be safe. Be smart. Get rides, you know, all that stuff. Like, don't don't be an idiot. Don't ruin someone else's life or your own. Jorge, you doing anything? Uh, not just the in-laws, probably. Yeah, we don't do anything crazy. No. Yeah. We, I used to work back then. Like back then, before college, I used to work the overnights at restaurants. It was just like, eh, another day. Yeah, I've bartended you know? on yeah, New Year's. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's just, eh. It's you really do see like bartending. You see a lot of idiocy. Period. <laughs> but New yeah. Year's, you see some idiocy. <laughs> All the, caps. Thing about, the thing about New Year's is that I actually like the holiday. The problem is that the people who party on the holiday are idiots. It, like, New Year's is redeeming. It, it, it's fun. You sort of feel good. There's a renewal. You understand it. The calendar flips. But the dudes who are out at the bars going nuts, like, they stink. I like the actual process of what the holiday is. I also like watching TV shows where news anchors get drunk. That's fun. But yeah. the well, they're party, not doing that anymore. No chance. Dude, what is up with my man Ryan Seacrest talking about he doesn't want people drinking? I love Seacrest, but come on. This is my favorite part about New Year's Eve. Anchors getting hammered on air. Don, Don Lemon. Lamont, Don Lamont is a legend on New Year's Eve. Oh. I'm going to be very upset if there's nobody drunk on my TV on New Year's Eve because I'm not going to be out. If y'all going to be out, you better be partying. You, you've been looking for uh, Lamont to, I guess, sort of drink on your behalf publicly? A little bit. You know, it's kind of fun to see those guys let loose. Andy Cohen goes nuts as well. And uh, I, I just find that. New Year's Eve is a very interesting holiday for a lot of different reasons. Being in the streets is definitely not one of them. No. You know what I'm saying? No. I, I I have not been to a New Year's party in a long, long time. I mean, like I I kind of feel like with me with New Year's, I've been there, done that. Like I, I kind of have accomplished everything that I ever want to on New Year's. Like I, I don't feel like there's anything left for me to do. Um, I mean, I'm just going to be at home. I'll, I'll be cooking a nice dinner. Nice. And that, you know. I actually went shopping this morning and picked up all the stuff. So that'll okay. be that. 
What you making? Uh, I'm going to be making some brisket and some mashed potatoes from scratch, uh, probably some asparagus, a little salad, maybe come up with you know, a little little starter, something like that. I, I like to cook. You got wine? Uh, yeah, we got something there. I don't know. We got <laughs> wine or champagne or something. Nice. Um, Sparkling grape juice. For, for, uh, for the daughter, yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, she's like New Year's beyond the ball dropping. Um, I mean, she likes the idea of being able to stay up late, like having that permission structure. It makes her feel older. Um, but she's typically pretty underwhelmed by it. Like I, I think she used to expect big change. Like once the, the calendar flipped and then it takes her like five minutes to realize it feels exactly the same. She's just tired. (laughs) If you could pick one, New Year's Eve in New York or the Rose or the Rose Parade to attend, which one would you go? Hundred percent the Rose Parade for me. <laughs> like I'm mad I've not yet been to the Rose Parade in the two plus odd three years I've been living in LA. Like I like the Rose. I'm a parade guy. Are you? I will get up. Oh, absolutely. I will get up and watch these parades. I want to announce a parade. That's like something I really actually want to do. I love parades. They're like the oldest sort of Americana thing that I still think. You- is ridiculous, but I watch it and it's enjoyable. Okay, you need to talk to Travis because Travis, you know, he he's got some I think family he's got family in Pasadena, but it seems like like they know folks. Maybe you can you know, Travis can hook you up with some type of a uh, float emceeing or something like that. I'd be down. I got my wave going. I know how to talk to the people. <laughs> <laughs> I like Pasadena. I okay, how when you're waving like how many seconds do you spend on the left? How many sides do you uh, seconds do you spend on the right? Dude, it just comes naturally, bro. I don't know. I just kind of feel it. Who are you, Russell force. Wilson? <laughs> Wait, no, I know. You know, I know. There's there's like a whole timing thing to it. When I did like I did like two pageants when I was in high school to get like scholarships, and they say like finger finger wrist wrist touch your heart and blow a kiss. That's how you do the waves. Oh, there's a playbook. <laughs> Can you say that again? Oh. Finger finger wrist wrist touch your heart and blow a kiss. Huh. <laughs> what are you getting scholarships for off parades? No, no, from like it was like a pageant. It was like the Miss Berea pageant. No, but you said there was like a scholarship. Yeah, that's to what it. you do it for because if you win, you win like a five thousand dollars scholarship to college. Oh, okay. Oh. okay. Nice. okay. I thought I thought for a second you meant this was getting you a scholarship to a particular college, like majoring in parade or something. Oh, like I mean that. that would be that would be awesome. I mean, I would probably like clean up if they did that. You could have graduated with honors? For sure. Definitely. You guys ever been to that parade? I never have, actually. Nuh-uh. All the years I've lived here, I've never been. I've wanted to go the past couple of years, but then, like, last year was all weird because, like, COVID and, like, all the other years I went home. So I, I'm going to go next year for sure. Don't you, don't people, like, sleep over the night before? Oh, they yes. do. Oh, they camp out yeah. and everything, yeah. Oh, it, it, cool. it's like a that. dead show Maybe for, for parade that. people. Hmm, okay. And you can see right. the floats afterwards or before. Like, you see the making of it, and then afterwards, they, they, they display them somewhere. You can go check them out if you missed the parade. For, parades, for real, though, talk to Travis. He, might, he might know some people that could actually, by, by next year, get you involved with that. Because I agree, you'd be good at that. You'd Thank be you. really good at that. <laughs> I appreciate that. It's something that, like, I watch it, and I enjoy it. You know, I mean, I know they're doing reading, but there's some level of freestyling that they do, and it requires a little bit of... I don't know, general presence in America. I like that. You know what you could I'll do? Me, ABC. You could do the 20, I guess it would be 2024 next year, updated version of Ferris Bueller, taking over that float. That Ooh, could be you. Not a bad idea. That, I will consider that. You should. All right, coming up. To the, be part of the Rose Parade. Sorry. The last segment of 2022, Game of Games coming up. That's going nice. to be the final segment of Mason and Ireland. 
and all of our shows. Andy Kamenetsky, Clinton Yates, in for the guys, 710 ESPN. Well, it's not Mace hosting Game of Games today. It is none other than I, Lindsay. <laughs> nice. And Game of Games is brought to you by Jacob M. Ronnie. Call Jacob at 844-24-JACOB or visit calljacob.com and take your time and be safe this holiday weekend. So, guys, my game, I don't know why I came up with this, but it was among my list of uh, games that I had already made, right? And it's I think you just fun- answered your own question, Lindsay. Fun- yeah, exactly. <laughs> Fun history facts that are too weird to be true, or are they? So I'm going to read a history fact, and you guys are going to tell me if it's true or false. Okay. Uh, Who's keeping score? I can keep score because I have it on my little spreadsheet here. Cool. All right, number one. President Zachary Taylor died from a cherry overdose. He passed away after eating way too many cherries and drinking milk at a 4th of July party in 1850. Is that true or false, Andy? False. I think it something like that is true, but it wasn't him. I'll say true. I'll say false. Clinton is correct. That is true. <laughs> wow. <laughs> the nice. acid in the cherries along with yeah. the milk is believed to have caused this. All right. Number two. In ancient Greece, they believed redheads became vampires after death. This was partly because redheaded people are very pale skinned and sensitive to sunlight. Boy, that feels stigmatizing. <laughs> Clinton, you go first. Um, I'll say true. That sounds like something wacky the Greeks would do. Brianna. I'll say false. Okay. Andy? I'm going to go false as well. Clinton is right again. That oh, wow. Hey, now. <laughs> I didn't Good think there would be Clinton. enough redheaded people in Greece. To <laughs> <laughs> All right, next one. Albert Einstein helped design the Volkswagen Beetle. Between Einstein and Ferdinand Porsche, the iconic bug-like car was designed as part of a Hitler revived German initiative to create an affordable and practical car that everyone could own. Is that true or false, Jorge? That's false. All right. Uh, Andy? True. And Clinton? True. That is false. Jorge yes. oh, really got that. Yeah. So Clinton two, Jorge one, Andy yet to scratch. One Andy. Next question. <laughs> Tablecloths were originally designed to be used as one big communal napkin. When they were first invented, guests were meant to wipe off their hands and faces on a tablecloth after a messy dinner party. Is that true or false, Andy? Oh, my God. I certainly want that to be false. Um, false. Um, that's got to be true. Kids across America still do this every day of the week. <laughs> this is still the usage of tablecloths for people of a certain age. Come on. Yes. Yeah, right. that's uh, so true. Yeah. All right. You guys are both right. It's true. Yes. Oh, my God. So I don't know a three. thing. <laughs> Jorge nothing. Andy is still just asleep at the wheel there. Wow. All right, I'm going to do like two more of these and we'll see if Andy can like, you know, catch up with everyone else. Okay. All right. Using forks used to be seen as sacrilegious. The widely used eating utensils were once seen as blasphemous and an offense to God because they were artificial hands and as such was considered <laughs> to be sacrilegious. Uh, Clinton, true or false? I'll say that's true. That makes a reasonable amount of sense to me. All right, Jorge? Ah, false. Uh, Andy. It's too hilarious. I want it to be true. True. It is true. Yes! <laughs> but Clinton has four, so I'm pretty sure he's running away with this thing. So let's do like, let's do one more here. Yeah, one more. All right. In 1998, 1,200 bones from some 10 human bodies were found in the basement of George Washington's old house. It was revealed that the bodies were used in the study of human anatomy. Is that true or false? Uh, who did I ask first last time? George. Jorge, you I'll first. I'll say true. 
Okay, and uh, Andy, true false. or false? And Clinton. I'm going to say true. They got a lot of weird stuff at Mount Vernon, bro. Andy got the point there. Nice. Oh, oh, dagger. So, uh, Clinton finishing first with four, and Jorge and Andy, you guys both got two. Good job. All right. Nice. System. Okay. Mount Vernon, That's a, is that where Denzel's from? No, yeah, Mount Vernon, Mount Vernon in Virginia. Is oh, George Washington. Oh, okay. Yes. I misheard. Vernon, I misheard that part. New York. Okay, I misheard. You ever been that. there? It's kind of a weird joint. I have never been to Virginia. Oh, huh, how about that? They got a camel there that they break out during the holidays. It's a very interesting place because it's like part plantation, also part like historical George Washington stuff. So it's a little odd historically, but yeah, it, place. places like that are always weird to tour. Like I, years ago, I, I went to Germany and I saw like Auschwitz and, you know, Dachau. Like, and, and it's obviously incredibly powerful to see this stuff. But like places like that that have weird history, like you mentioned, or bad history, you mentioned like the plantation part of it, Clinton. It's always weird, like the idea of like, how am I supposed to take all of this in? You know what I mean? Like, what? Right. It, or you mentioned like the the with the camel, like there could be an element of fun to this. Except again, you know the history of this place. Like, how much fun am I allowed to have? Yeah, and so many places kind of try to sugarcoat it, you know. And it's like, oh yeah, these were just the workers' quarters. You're like, no, they weren't. Those people were enslaved. Like, be real, you know. And so it's tough to balance that. But Mount Vernon's kind of a it's a field trip situation if you're from DC, and every time you go, you try to find a girl and get into a fight. That's pretty much how it works. <laughs> there is always trip. too some celebrity. This is going to happen. I'm sure it happened in 2022. It'll happen in 2023. That ends up having their wedding on a former plantation, oh. and then they end up having to put out the apology. Yeah. Just it's creepy. There's just, so many of them. I understand, but like, come on, you, folks, you can yeah. A you can probably tell that it was once a plantation. B if you have any inkling whatsoever, ask and see. Right. If the answer is yes, don't do it. Just don't do it. You're, you don't you don't want to have your wedding uh, become canceled so to speak. No. <laughs> That's a funny way to put that. <laughs> um, okay, we were talking before about Tom Brady mm-hmm. and the Raiders now, Clinton. Yes. There are rumors now that Tom Brady, impending free agent, could join the soon-to-be uh, Derek Carless Raiders with Gronk in tow. Come on. <laughs> no way. Yeah. They're that, putting that band back together? That's the whispering. Remember, though, in 2019, that was supposed to happen before uh, Gruden reportedly blew that up. And then they won the Super Bowl in the interim. Like, why? I mean, I, I don't know. I, I feel like Tom Brady right now, he just looks old, man. You know? And I get it. Like, he's TB12. Should have retired after he won the Super Bowl. I just don't feel that like these last two, three years of Tom Brady's career did him any did him any favors in terms of any of that. I don't need to see Tom Brady anymore in the NFL. Sorry. Get mad at me. No. Watched as far as I'm concerned. Okay, you you mentioned that he's looking old. The weird thing is though, he's not just looking old, he's looking spooky. Like Oh, bro. He looks he looks weird now. Like there's like a there's like a glow to him. Like it's almost like he sold his soul to maintain the football youth, but he's no longer fully human. Like there's a weird aura about him now that's just a, strange. A ghoulish type of yes. type of realm. Yes, it's very weird. And uh, his face is different. His hair is different. His life is different. Whatever deal he made, I think cashed it in. 
You know what I'm saying? Because like you weren't supposed to get a Super Bowl that late, but this is looking bad. Also, the Raiders are in total freefall. I feel like getting Brady at the end with Gronk would just be too much of a circus. You talk about franchises that don't exactly know what they're doing. The Raiders are in the same type of position, paying all sorts of people all sorts of money who aren't even on the team. I would not get involved with that if I was Las Vegas. Well, I mean, but that you know what? That you can link that back to the Lakers, like the idea of just like bringing in stars for the sake of having the stars, but also feeling relevant. Even yeah. if it doesn't really take you anywhere, right. or you're not really able to do anything with it, you you know the Raiders and the Lakers are both organizations that are very used to being the center of everything. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like the Raiders are also the kind of team that I don't know. They're, they're kind of different. They've been to so many places and so in so many different years that like they were already kind of akimbo. It was going to take them a while to readjust after the Vegas thing, after all the shiny boxes and all the things kind of. You know, after all the presents were unwrapped, people might not like the toys that much, and I kind of think that's where we are right now. Hundred million bucks to Gruden, one of the worst mistakes in the history of the NFL in terms of hiring a guy. Because not only do you have to pay that guy, but he ends up blowing up the entire NFL with that whole email thing. Like, ugh, I feel bad. For that was. I remember when that deal broke. I was like, wait, they did what? Crazy. Like, like, I mean, I know that Gruden had spent the last few years with ESPN very outwardly you know, putting himself out there for a job. And like it was, you know, he became, I'm sure through his agents and stuff like that, like he always became the leverage play, you know, as in, for, sure. in terms of other organizations, getting another coach, like w- playing candidates against each other, whatever. But when the Raiders actually pulled the trigger on that, I was like, are, are you out of your mind? There's no coach worth $100 million in the NFL. Never has been and never will be. That number was outrageous from the beginning. I never understood that. And like, man, there's so many goofball owners in the NFL. The Raiders kind of go under the radar because they're such a big brand and this, you know, they got all this fun stuff that people like, but like it's a bit of a shame how they're operating these days in terms of what really could be for a football team and a kind of a, a product that is that important to the NFL. They're kind of JV right now. And that's, that's a weird thing to watch. Well, I mean, where, you know, your neck of the woods where you grew up in DC, they, they have the arguably the worst of all of them. I mean, he's easily the worst. He transcends goofball. Because he, he, everything with Dan Snyder is not funny. No, he's a supervillain, but yes. Like like Mark Davis may be incompetent, but he's still kind of funny. You know, he's got that hair. You know, he, it's, and, you know the Raiders are the Raiders. Like, there's nothing funny with Dan Snyder. He, no. He's he just, also lives in the goofiest house in the world. That like Raiders what? Guy. Have you seen his house? Which Whose house? The Raiders owner. Have you seen his actual domicile? No. No. Look this up right now. We got one minute left. Look up where he lives. He lives in like a mini mall. It looks like an office park somewhere in the middle of nowhere. It's weird. It's like a lair for a for a. uh, Oh wow! You never seen that before? That that looks okay. That looks like what Tony Stark lives in an Iron Man. Correct. That's exactly right. Dude lives in that. So, yes, he is definitely a goofball. Meanwhile, Dan Snyder lives on, like, a historic ground where he's knocking down trees illegally from the National Park Service. So, no, they are not in the same realm. Okay, the craziest thing about this house, which, again, cannot emphasize enough, looks like Tony Stark's pad in Iron Man. $14 sounds low for that. Sounds like he actually got a steal. I mean, would you live in that? I would feel him... Kind of feel embarrassed. Like that's trying too hard. You're trying that's, too hard in that house. That's exactly what that guy does. You like, know what I'm saying? That's his whole operation. That house is shaped like Voltron. <laughs> like for real. That's what the Voltron house. Voltron like. could fly though and shoot laser beams out of his lion hands. That 
House can't do that. It is not remotely as useful as Voltron. All right, coming up next, we got Lakers pregame. Lakers in Atlanta for LeBron's 38th birthday. Happy New Year to everybody coming up. Andy Kamenetsky, Clinton Yates in for the guys, 710 ESPN.